0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Douris. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello beloved. I'm excited to be sharing with you today from the Word of God as I take a little bit of have a detour on a series I've been doing to stop for a moment and look at faith. Um, it's such an important topic to speak about. And yet, I think sometimes when we hear it's about faith, we kind of switch off. Um, or we get excited about it. Or we get sometimes, like even in my own life, I get a bit um, anxious about hearing about faith. Realizing sometimes that I'm not operating in the faith that I really want to operate in. And I believe through this teaching, you. my hope is that I will be able through the scriptures to show you that you have more than enough faith. That is what has been given to you. We might just not know it so we don't use it, or we might be so busy with other things and distracted with natural things that we don't access the faith we have. So I'm excited to be stopping and talking to you more about faith because we have to start by realizing really the gift we have of salvation so that we then understand and correctly operate in faith the way that God designed us to. So let's start here by just praying and then we'll get right into it. So Father, I just want to thank you for the amazing opportunity we have once again to get into your word and discover for ourselves who you are. To really see you, see who you are as our Father, as our good God, as our burden remover, and to discover once again the reality of our faith as Christians. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that by your Spirit you reveal to us all we need to know, and um, that we will take hold of it, and even not just listen to this teaching, but even take it and use what we learned and practice it so we may see it in operation in our lives. Thank you, Father. Amen. So we have to ask ourselves this question. What problem does faith solve? And the problem faith, sol- faith solves is basically every single problem in the world. It may not change the circumstances in the world or in our world or what we're facing, but it definitely changes us on the inside in those circumstances and in that world or difficulty you are facing. And we need to hold on to that as we discuss this topic of faith. We might many scriptures might come to mind right now, but I want to remind I want to encourage you that I'm going to share with you a concept that I want you to grasp and then we will also go to the scriptures to seek this out for ourselves further. So first of all, I want you to think If you had all the faith in the world, what would be the benefit of it? What would it accomplish? So, turn with me to 1 John 5 and have a look at the scriptures where it says in verse number 4, For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Just let that sink in. The victory and that which overcomes the entire world is our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is an extremely encouraging verse because it reminds us that the faith we have is the kind of faith that overcomes anything and everything we face in this world. So let's go back looking at faith, we're going to go back as far as we can, and then we're going to walk through it so that we can move ourselves into seeing faith the way God sees it. So first of all, we must remember that God's call is a call of faith. We are not called to performance. Our salvation is not based on our performance. Our salvation is based on who we believe in. When you have put your trust in Jesus as your savior, you have used your faith for the right purpose. So very much far along the story, or for, far back in the story, we start with Adam and Eve. And what we see there is that at creation, God created in his image. Now, God is a faith God. God is a God of faith. He believes. you can find it everywhere in scripture. You just have to turn the pages, Old Testament and New Testament, and you will see that God believes in us. God believes in himself. God is faithful. God is full of faith. Now, when he created us in his image, he also gave us who he is. So God has a nose, God has hands and God has feet and God has a heart. You find it all around scripture. You hear it as you read it or as you listen to it. You see the characteristics of God. God is full of kindness and love and gentleness and patience. And God is full of faith. How do we see it the best is in the person of Jesus. Jesus, the word became flesh because he is flesh. So he becomes the one who represents God to us on earth and reveals him. And Jesus himself walked the earth full of faith. But if we go back to Adam and Eve, we see that what we were naturally created with to rule and have dominion on the earth was faith, natural faith. God gave us faith. I have seen the worst unbelievers operate in their natural faith. I have had moments in my life where I do not think about what I'm going to do next, but by faith, I just do the next thing. Naturally speaking, I plan tomorrow. You plan tomorrow. Do you have a plan for maybe even a month, a year from now? And that is all based on natural faith, which is also based on facts. So we ourselves inherently has faith. We have faith. Okay. It is given by God to the created man, Adam and Eve, so that we may operate in this earth and we may use that natural faith for its purpose. So what is the purpose of that faith? Our purpose of having that faith is that we were created to use it to believe in God. Adam and Eve failed, and they clearly showed us they failed. Instead of believing in the voice of their Lord and Savior, their God, who is also a Savior, they believed the voice of the liar, and they put their faith in what He said to them. So they failed because they didn't use their faith for what it was supposed to be used. Yet faith was not removed from them or taken away from this creation. It is still there, but it was used for the wrong reason. Now, many, many years later after that story, we get to Jesus. And what we see in Jesus is here is an example of one who walks by faith. Faith in God And faith in who he is, the Son of God. Faith, and because of that faith, he also has a lot of faith in his purpose. He believes in the purpose he has. He knows God is faithful to complete it. He knows who he is according to Scripture. And what do we see? Do you ever read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John anywhere that God, that Jesus ever prays to God for more faith? Think about that. See, the problem is when we only focus on our natural faith, we actually limit what God wants to and can do through us. Because when we read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we too quickly associate with or recognize ourselves in what? Either the disciples or in the person in the account. Maybe the sick person, maybe the person needing advice or counsel or help from Jesus, or the person receiving from his teachings. And those are great and good, but you know, God is calling us to see ourselves in the Son. Not that we are the only begotten, but we are sons of God. That is what Scripture calls us. He is the firstborn, and then we follow. We should see ourselves as He is. Yet how many times have you found yourself looking at a situation or being in a place where you find yourself praying for more faith? It's so easy to slip into that or even looking at circumstances and think, I just don't have enough faith for this. We can even say things like, I'm just very realistic. I don't believe for things like that. I'm not there yet. It's saying that every single one of those statements is disqualifying us from that which is already given to us by our belief in Jesus so follow me now. Jesus lives in this place of perfect faith, okay, where he and him and the Father are one. And he prays that we may also see that we are one with him. He never prays for more faith. He is bold and confident in who he is and who God is to him. He is also bold and confident in accomplishing his mission, his purpose on earth. Not only does he do that, but he successfully completes his mission on earth, and then he says that we can join in that. In fact, he says we can do that, and greater than what he does. That is incredible. We feel, when we look at our life, look at ourselves, look at our results, we feel that we could not dare to do that as well. What a statement, Jesus, but You couldn't really have meant that. It's because we don't understand what happened when we became born again. So let's just pause for a moment and think about this. So when we think about the new creation, we realize that there is something very special. First of all, it says in Scripture that when we believe in Christ, we become one spirit with Him. So... The moment you take your natural faith and apply it in the right way and for the right purpose to receive salvation, your natural faith has accomplished its work. Remember when Jesus says to his disciples that faith as little as a mustard seed can move a mountain? That is incredible to think that your faith, your natural faith could accomplish salvation, could not accomplish it, but could take hold of it, that you would become born again, a brand new creation, born of God because of your faith. No longer born of the will of man, no longer born of flesh, but born of God because you've put your faith in your Savior. Now you have become one spirit with him as well. Think about the implications of that for a moment. It says in Scripture, let's go there quickly, 1 Corinthians, turn with me there so I can just show you, Uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, and let's see, from where shall we read, maybe from 17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, the old things passed away, behold... New things have come. What is this talking about? It's saying that when you receive Jesus, you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Okay, all things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Now we have been reconciled to God, and what happens is that His Spirit now indwells you. And we see that so clearly from Acts 2, but also I want to encourage you study that through the old old testament what the bible calls the scriptures it's so clear to see that this was the promise from the beginning okay that we were created to have god's spirit life itself dwelling in us now that god's spirit is dwelling in us whose faith do you now have his faith you have received the measure of faith which is his faith. So it's in a way, you could see it like you use your natural faith that God has given you by the fact that you are a human being and created. You now use that to partner with what God is doing. What is God doing? He is extending salvation to you. When you receive that salvation, your faith has done its work. That is what faith was for. Now, God adds His faith by putting His Spirit in you, and you become a creation that has supernatural faith. Look with me at Hebrews 12, verse 2. So it says here, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is incredible. When you have Jesus, you have the author and the finisher of your faith. Do you think when you look at your circumstance or whatever you're facing right now, as challenging as it might be, as difficult as it might be, if you had Jesus's faith to deal with that situation, do you think you would feel the same way about it? I can honestly say I know there's situations and things in my life that when I started preparing for this message um, more than a week ago as it was coming up over and over in my heart longer even before that the last week looking at the scriptures I've realized that I myself still look at circumstances not through the eyes of Jesus' supernatural faith that is now acting inside of me it's acting it's alive yet I rarely use it for what it was supposed to be used you see our natural faith was supposed to be used to receive salvation. And once we've done that, now we receive an incredible thing, which is called God's own faith. Because now God's Spirit is dwelling in us, and He is full of faith, and now I can access that supernatural faith. Let me just confirm with you that you've been made one with God by just going to a few scriptures. Let's start with 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. You'll hear I'm using an electronic Bible, which is not my preference, but for today, this is what I have. It says, But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now, in context, this is talking about immorality, but this is still the truth, that the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. How did you join yourself to the Lord? Romans tells us, by heart belief and mouth confession that Jesus is Lord and that He is the one who died for your sins and is risen again for your righteousness, and you put your faith in Him. Now what happens? You become one with His Spirit. You and Him, you are now one. Look at this in another part of Scripture, John 17. just here, John 17 and i am sure it's verse 21 to 24 okay listen carefully jesus is praying and he says that they may all be one even as you father are in me and i in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me the glory which you have given me i have given to them that may, they may be one just as we are one i in them and you in me that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. This is super amazing. Jesus is saying that we have the right to know that we are one with God even as he is one with God and their operating system in this oneness in this relationship of theirs their <clears throat> if we almost want to say their currency you know when you travel to countries your currency changes the currency of heaven in that relationship is first of all we know love because John confirms in 1 John 5 that God is love. This is who he is. And part of love is faith. We cannot operate in love and we have no faith. I cannot tell my husband I love him and yet I don't believe in him. I don't have faith in him. I don't trust him. You see, and so in this dynamic of love, almost the currency is faith. So if we have become one with him in this union, then we have what he has. God is not withholding anything from us. Beloved, God is not withholding his faith from you any more than I would be withholding my love from my husband, and so much more than that. We have Holy Spirit living inside of us, adding his faith to our natural faith, and when we believe this, We enter into a supernatural realm of faith that is far greater than our natural faith. We look away from that and look onto his faith and say, show me how it works. Let me use this example, although it's been used many times before, it's still very good. Think about money that you have in a bank somewhere. Think about that bank. Your money is there in an account. So you have money in that bank, in a bank account. If I was to ask you, which would you rather have, your money in the bank, in that bank account, or the money of that bank, the entire bank, which would you choose? Okay. Believing what I am sharing with you now is exactly like that. Instead of looking to your deposit of money in that bank, I am saying to you that what God has given us, and this is incredible, believer, is He has given us the bank. Our work, if you want to say it like that, our part, our inheritance, our destiny, our purpose, is to discover what that means. Our prayer should no longer ever be, God, give me more faith. We should never say, I just can't believe for that. We should be saying, God, what should I use this for? How does this even work? I'm asking it daily of myself, God, how do I access more of your supernatural faith that is in me, according to scripture, yet I find myself operating far below what I should be as your child. This is amazing. Okay, go with me to another scripture I want to show you here. There's many, but let's go to 1 Peter 1 verse 8 to 9. Though you have not seen him, Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Isn't that true for us? When we have received Jesus, when you think back, the first time you received him, or you think back on your life and you think, what an incredible journey it's been, being with Jesus. Doesn't it bring you that same sense that it fills you with inexpressible and glorious joy? That's how it should be. Now, look at verse 9. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So even the end result of our faith is that our souls are being saved. You see, many times our battle is not really with faith, that we have little faith. It's in our soul with what we think, what we feel, and what we use our will for. Instead of going to God, we focus on how you think you should think or think you should feel about things. Or you just let your emotions run wild in a situation. Let your thinking go to the world's way of thinking. What is possible, what is not possible. And if we really were to stand back and and really take a look at what it means to have God's kind of faith, I think we would stop looking at our faith And start going, Jesus, show me what it's for. Now, I will say this, which encourages me tremendously, that Jesus used his faith to reach people and to see the kingdom of God come to earth as it is in heaven. What an incredible, incredible privilege to be able to say, Lord, you have given me the faith to reach people for your kingdom. Now show me how to use it instead of us using it for many practical things that I myself also find that I sometimes fall into that trap of believing for things that I'm like, this is so natural. It really has nothing to do with the kingdom. God's kind of faith is the kind of faith that can turn people from darkness and get them out of captivity, of hell, and turn them to light. God's kind of power when we say we believe we have this faith is that we can operate in that faith to see people's lives being transformed by the love, the goodness and the incredible power of God through the gospel that we have a savior. And second to that, we can see his kingdom come to earth. We can see transformation happening here on earth while we are alive for as long as we are alive in every area and every sphere of influence we have. That is incredibly encouraging. There's so many more scriptures we can turn to, but I want to leave you with some practical ways of how to build your capacity to believe that you have that faith and to start operating in it. And I'm going to leave you with three very practical things. Search this out for yourself in scripture. You know, I've realized more and more that When we share a word like this, and when we share or receive words like this, we really need to realize that this is not enough food for us. This is only half an hour of sharing something, and I can only really give you a kind of a teaser of what is available. And what our part is to do is to go and seek it out in the scriptures and come to a conclusion for ourselves, because what you know, believer, for yourself will operate in your life in the scripture and through the scripture. <clears throat> so there's a few ways that you can build your capacity to actually access this. Is One, by praying. Praying in the spirit. Be, if you are not regularly praying, be someone who starts praying more, who prioritizes that and who sees it as something valuable to build yourself up in your most holy faith. If we don't practice it, we actually lose things because we're not practicing prayer. We're not faithfully involved in our prayer life in the way that we should be. And therefore, things happen and things don't happen because we're not praying. So first of all is to really look at your prayer life and go, is this actually where it should be? And if it is, then great. If you're not seeing your faith working, ask God how to pray better. We also have great teachings on that. Um, If you're not praying as much as you know you should be, then just start saying, where can I start changing that to be more focused in my prayer life, in connecting to the Lord and accessing the supernatural faith. Second thing is fellowship. Church is important. Do you know that it's around the believers that we many times see where we are not operating in God's kind of faith? That around the believers when we hear testimonies and stories of what God is doing through others' lives. It's when we get to say, I need prayer. It's where we go to serve. It's where we go to be a blessing that we operate in the supernatural faith. And of course, hearing and studying the word of God always, always um, opens our hearts to operating in the supernatural faith. So we practice it by going and doing the word, not just hearing it, but actually going and practicing it. My prayer since studying this out more has really been daily, Father, I know I have supernatural faith now and I can see it more clearly than ever before. How do I use it? Where do I use it? With who can I practice it? (laughs) You know, and that's awesome because as we see it works, it kind of builds our faith again that it works, you know. Like I said before, praying in spirit and actually being involved. You know, I pray a lot in spirit, but sometimes I realize I'm I'm not really there. I'm just praying. And that's also not right. We need to actually stop many times, stop and say, I'm going to focus in and be purposeful in this prayer in spirit because I want to hear what the Lord is saying. I want to hear what the spirit is speaking into me and I want to understand. And then to go and love the unlovable. As God leads and as God shows you, to love the unlovable is absolutely an act of supernatural faith. How can we hurt our faith? Because it's really important we look at this as well. Those are some things that we can do to build it. Where we hurt it is by living in disobedience. And this is not at all condemnation. This is just very good godly correction. You know, God is still a God who speaks. God has a will. God has a purpose and God has a plan. And our work or our act as believers is to say, well, God, if you have that, I want to be in a line with that. Because if you've put your spirit in me, I can be. So show me. And many times it's true that God has already showed you things. God has already told you where you need to be, what you need to be doing. And we just, we act in disobedience and we miss him. And that hurts our face because then we kind of wonder why things don't work out because we're not where God had actually asked us to be or called us to be. So there's no condemnation. There's just correction. Just say, hey, I might need to look at this. What is the last thing God told me to do? And why am I not doing it? Lord, help me to see and let me obey. And then you obey It's in our hands. By not praying, like I said earlier, um, things happen because we don't pray. And then... We can hurt our faith by not being in the word, but by being in the world, by not being in the church, but the church being in the world. And so by simply not being around fellowship of the believers, by simply not submitting to leadership in the way that God actually wanted it to be in church, we also miss out on accessing this incredible gift of supernatural faith that is given to us because of who Jesus is. So I hope this encourages you, but I also hope it stretches you as it stretched me and challenges you to go, wow, this is incredible. How does it work? What does it look like? And how do I see more of it activating in my life so that I may too do what Jesus did by using it to reach the lost and build the kingdom of God on the earth as it is in heaven.